praise God uh, because he is the one that receives us as we are, but he also transforms us for us to become more and more like our Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, the main instrument he uses is his own word that we have the privilege to bring to you this morning. If you are joining us for the very first time, please take note that we are going through the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, and today we will continue our series that we have titled The Gospel in Motion, ending chapter 2 of Acts of the Apostles from verses uh, 42 to 47. So the scripture will be on your screen as we read the passage, and then we'll just invite the Holy Spirit once again to help us uh, receive God's word this morning. Acts chapter 2 from verses 42 to 47. That says the word of God. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Let's pray once again. Father, we need your help. We need your guidance. We need your power, Lord, for us to be able to communicate your word as you have revealed them in your scriptures, O oh Lord, and for us also to be able to receive it, Lord, for the salvation of our soul, Lord. Therefore, Lord, I pray that you may fill us with your spirit afresh and uh, you may enable us, O oh Lord, at this time for us to uh, communicate and receive your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. I don't bring anything new this morning to you. And as many may be uh, acquainted or familiar or recall, this was a passage that I have preached in the, our series about uh, congregationalism, elder-led congregationalism. But as many teachers have said, repetition is the heart of the practice that serves to reinforce and solidify and give us uh, elements that can make 
the, the, the information being communicated uh, into our heart, it's, it's repetition is the ability for us to memorize and for us to understand also a matter or an information. And today, as I said, it's not different. I believe that as a followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, every follower of our Lord Jesus Christ can benefit uh, from having and considering something from time to time as a repetition to him, to herself. And today we want to repeat the basic teaching of Christianity about the church. This habit of reviewing the basic teaching of the Bible is of utmost importance for those, for us, for our ongoing spiritual growth as individual and also as a church. I remember listening to an interview of one of my favorite basketball players, Steph Curry from the Warriors team in the NBA, the National Basketball Association in the USA. In this interview, uh, we came to know how Steph Curry, who is considered by many people the greatest three-point shooter in the history of the basketball, how he always, in the every pre-season, year by year, he goes back to the basketball court and revisit the foundation of playing basketball. Simple things like catching the ball or dribbling the basketball or even improving his jump shot. He does that even being one of the best shooters of the world. He does that every year, every preseason. We are not here to teach basketball. If you want more information, please speak to Christian. Adele's and Francois and Adele's son, he is a good basketball player. But this is what we are doing, or what this passage is trying to help us do this morning. It's for us to go back to the understanding of what is a church. It is this important and basic biblical teaching that the passage of today is bringing unto us. It will help us to refocus our understanding to the importance of the church by looking to the key, to the key marks of the life of the first church that ever existed in the world. And as we do that, I pray that the Holy Spirit will help us understand what are we together as a church? What are we doing as a church? How can we be faithful in our calling as a church together? What is the meaning of us being part of the New Life Church, of the church? What is this local church called New Life Church in Abu Dhabi? How can New Life Church can live a passionate, a vibrant, a pulsating and meaningful life for our Lord Jesus Christ? So this is what our test today brings unto us this morning. And where are we 
in the book of Acts. So just as a quick recap, chapter 1 talks about the story of how Jesus ascended to the earth. And as he was ascending, he promised to the disciples that they would receive the Holy Spirit from above. And as they will receive the Holy Spirit from above, they will be able to witness about him to all the nations, starting from Jerusalem, uh, going to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Excuse me, the mic is giving some trouble, but uh, just uh, excuse me for that. All right, I say then that the disciples have then in chapter 2 received the Holy Spirit. And as we said previously, the Holy Spirit has baptized them, all of them, into one body whose head is our Lord Jesus Christ. But as the Holy Spirit has done that, the Holy Spirit also has bring them together in a relationship with one another. And as he empowered them to speak the gospel to the nations, the Bible says, and Pastor Gary taught us in three sessions, how Peter stood up and in the power of the Holy Spirit, he preached the gospel into that day, which was the day of Pentecost, meaning 50 days after the Passover, when our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. And at the end of this preaching, we read in verse 41 that those who received his word, meaning the word that Peter was preaching, they were baptized. And they were added that day 3,000 souls to the church. So it was a very fruitful evangelistic program that the first church had. We will not repeat everything that we, we were taught already, but we see that and we understand that the testimony or the witness of the first church was done mainly in two ways. And this is what we are seeing in our test today. The first one was through the proclamation of the gospel. Peter has told the story to the people that have come to the day or to the feast of Pentecost, Jews from every part of the world that day, who Jesus was, the Messiah that they were awaiting for a long time. And those that were cut, those 3,000 people that were cut into their hearts, they were added then to the church. And this is what the Bible says, that through the proclamation of the gospel, now these people, they do something else from verse 42. The church that was born on that day, the 3,000 plus the 120 people that were in the upper room, praying, they were then added to the church. And because of the proclamation of the gospel, they now 
they now start living their life in a different way. See with me again verse 42. And this brings me to my first point. What was then the key marks of this church? This church of 3,120 people, what their lives look like? How their lives look like? Verse 42, and they devoted that day is referring to those 3,000 people in verse 41, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. What marked this community of new believers had in their common life as they witness, as they walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, I said that there are two ways that we have up to now discovered in the book of Acts that we can be a witness for our Lord Jesus Christ. The first and the primary one is what Peter did at the beginning, which was the proclamation of the gospel telling the story of our Lord Jesus Christ. But the second way, very clear, that we will see in the book of Acts is the testimony of the church as they live their life together. Lord Jesus Christ, in John 13, he said to his disciples that the world will know you as you love one another. By loving one another, the world will know that you are my disciples. Meaning, in our way that we live as a church, there is a testimony of the gospel that we proclaim also to the world. Our life together in itself becomes then a message, a true message of the gospel if we faithfully live our lives according to the scriptures. When we are faithful in our lifestyle as a community of believers, brothers and sisters, without words, we also proclaim the gospel. But this new life that we have together requires new habits and new routines that we must carry them out together. And this is the marks that we will see here in verse 42. We have four marks in this verse. The first one is the apostle teaching. The apostle teaching. But see that the verse starts saying that they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching. That devoted will go for the four marks that we see here in verse 42. Meaning, they devoted to the apostle teaching, they devoted to the fellowship, they devoted to the breaking of the bread, and they were devoted to the prayers. But this word devoted, what does it mean? 
It is a earnest seeking and earnest desire to do a, a, a routine or, or a set of habits and routines that was produced by the hearing of the gospel. These fellows, brothers and sisters, when they heard the gospel and when they were cut to their hearts, their hearts was so passionate for Christ that they decided no longer go back to their countries, but stay in the Jerusalem, sit into the apostles' uh, uh, feet, and listen from them what are the implications of everything that they have just heard that day. Brothers and sisters, the apostle teaching is simply, if we can just resume is how we can apply God's word in our lives. Remember that at that point, the Bible was not written better. The New Testament was not written yet. Today we have full, the full gospel with us, the full apostle teaching with us. But those days, the New Testament were not written. And those people, because of the gospel that they just heard, they decided not to go back to their homes, but to stay in Jerusalem and to hear the apostle teachings. They didn't know how to apply the truth of the gospel in their day-to-day -day life. And this is what the Bible is saying here, or the term the apostle teaching. In few words, it's just how we apply the gospel in our relationships with one another, how we apply the gospel in our marriage with, with our friends, how, to leave, how we can apply the gospel as we go to our work, as we go to our school, how we apply the gospel when it comes to talk of sex about uh, to our children, how to apply the gospel when it comes to treat our employer, how to apply the gospel in every area of our life. And this is very clear from God's word. Paul said somewhere in Romans that we are not to conform to the pattern of this world. But we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we will test and prove what God's will is. And God's will is revealed today to us in the canon of the scripture, which is the Old Testament and the New Testament as we have today. Today, we all have the apostle teaching to us. Therefore, brothers and sisters, this gospel, the word of God, creates a world of a teaching that will take a lifetime for us to learn. There are areas in our lives that we are still learning and aligning with God's word. 
No one in this world, until he die, will perfectly be, uh, let me say, perfect when it comes in aligning his life or her life with God's word. So what is the implication of it for us, New Life Church? The implication is that we must be a learning community. And this was one of the first, and there is, uh, there is a reason why Luke chose to put this as the first mark of the first church. They were a learning community, so we are to be, as a church, a learning community. The priority of the church is centered in the teaching of God's word. For the remaking of our minds. As Paul said, we cannot be conformed to the pattern, to the way of thinking, to the ideas and ideologies of this world. We need as believers, as a church, as New Life Church, allow God's word to reform our way of thinking. And this process will take a lifetime until we die, until we pass away. This is not only learning doctrines. This is not only knowing what is written from Genesis to Revelation. This is not even being able to express and, and to declare, proclaim in right words the gospel. This goes deeper into transforming our inner being day by day. This goes to transform how we see what is our worldview. The gospel is like a glasses that I put and that allow me to see everything and to analyze everything around me. New Life Church. We need to be a learning community. So what is another implication of us then being a learning community? Because every one of us, we are still being transformed into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. It will require humility from each one of us. It will require a teachable heart. If Brother Pedro comes to you like he knows everything about God's word, it is pride. We all are learning. And we will learn until we die. Of course, we need and must make here a difference. Because there are core teaching, core doctrines of the Bible that are in negotiable. Uh -huh. We cannot negotiate them. <laughs> we cannot negoti negotiate them. They need to be in our hearts. We cannot negotiate them. But there are other things that the Bible gives us liberty and freedom as, as uh, followers of Christ. That you and me, we need to be okay to think and to wrestle and to walk on that areas. 
Even those things that you have in those areas of freedom, assurance in your heart, be open to listen to your brother and to your sister. And if you see your brother and sister doing something that God has given him freedom in his word to do, don't be judgmental to him. That's how these people here started walking. They were a learning community with the majority, and they were all Jews at this time, but learning how to apply God's word in, in their lives. Today, we need to do so as well. Therefore, we need to be a learning community. I was called attention during my class about the power of the knowledge of God's word. We cannot think that as people know God's word, they are being maturing in spiritual sense. The Pharisees, they knew God's word better than many of us, if not all of us today. They were able to quote God's word with property, but they were void of God's life, of Jesus' life. As Paul said in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 8, the knowledge can puff up. And then, as we are a learning community, we need to remember the recipe Pastor Garrett gave for us when he preached on Ephesians passage. The recipe is not only speaking truth, but the recipe, remember, is what? Speaking truth in, in love. This is how we, as a church, we will grow as a learning community. A good example of this is found even here in Book of Acts. For sure, we will be preaching on that. Acts 18 from verse 24 to 28, the Bible speaks about Apollos. Apollos was a preacher of God's word, and the Bible certified that he was preaching God's word with power. But do you know what? There was something in Apollos' life that was missing. And people from the congregation, seeing what was missing in Apollos' life, uh, namely Priscilla and Aquila, they took him aside and he, they were able to explain to him a, most, a more perfect way in, in, in his ministry, in the ways of the Lord. And this was a very, or oh, this is a very good example of humility. Brothers and sisters, not because we are here preaching God's word that we know everything about God's word. And in our interaction, in our learning, we are learning from one another. Humility, New Life Church, is of the utmost importance in our lives. May you have that teachable heart. May I have that teachable heart. And where there is areas that we don't agree, let's agree to disagree as long as we are in the boundaries of God's word. Let's speak the truth. Let's fight for the truth. Let's stand for the truth. Let's stand for God's word in our church. But remember, 
Let's do that with love in our hearts. The second mark of the church was fellowship. See with me the verse 42 still. They devoted themselves to the teaching and to the fellowship. Just uh, parents here, I will take more time of talking about these two first marks because the other two, the breaking of the bread and the prayers, are mostly a, an expression of this second one, fellowship. But we will touch rapidly uh, at them as well. But the second mark is fellowship. The word that is translated here, uh, fellowship, is the word koinonia. And I believe that's a good word for you to mark, either in Greek or in English, fellowship. But it can mean also partnership. And if you push that uh, 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 longer, it really means also intimacy, reflecting the intimacy with the husband and wife uh, 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 relationship, intercourse, fellowship, koinonia. So when Luke is using this word in this place, he meant to these disciples that they were leaving all these 3,120 people, they were living in a commitment to share their lives and their things together. We see there uh, in verse 44, the Bible says that, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Guess what is the meaning in Greek of that word in common? Koinonia. They had everything in fellowship, in common. They, they partake from one another's life. Why it is important for us to be reminded and for us to repeat this again uh, uh, in us or this morning? Simply because we are living in a very individualistic and selfish world. I remember on Tuesday, one brother that we were praying uh, together there in Ikea, in the table where we are. They say this is the world of the iPhone iPad. Very soon we'll have my phone, my pad. Or then this is mine. This is the world of me, myself, and I. This is a selfish world. And everything that we are living, even in this moment, even in this season, is pushing us for us to become isolated for us to become centered in us and in us alone. And unfortunately, step by step, this is also coming to our church as well. For many, and many believers today, they just want to walk their lives alone, their Christian life alone, in privacy. They don't want to fellowship. It is my time. It is my family. They say, it is my Jesus. It is my relationship with Jesus that matters. This is true. I'm not saying that this is false. This is true. 
Yes, Jesus has called you individually. Yes, Jesus is asking you individually for you to perfect your salvation with fear and tremble. This is true, that you can work or you must work your, out your salvation with fear and tremble. This is true. But while preparing this message, I remember what Brother Quasi from UCCD came and preached to us when he preached about 1 John as well. He said one statement that I carry with me. He says that our walk with Christ is personal, but it is never private. I repeat, our walk with Christ is personal, but it's never private. I know that many have heard this before, but I have heard from Brother Quesis. That's why I'm quoting him for this uh, uh, quotation, okay? Brothers and sisters, there is a healthy balance that the scriptures is giving to us when it comes to our walk with Christ. It is not Brother Pedro's idea. It is not the elders of New Life Church idea, neither any other pastor. God himself has directed us in his scriptures. Yes, there is a point of us having that personal, that individual, that walk with Christ. Yes, this is true. But it is also true that the same God that have created us as individual, he said in the beginning, it's not good for men to be alone. It's not good for him to be all one. It is the same God in his, in his word that said that we need to love one another. And you cannot love one another without the another person. The one another commandments in God's word, you will not fulfill it if we are walking together. Oh, sorry, if you are walking alone. We need one another to fulfill the commandments, the one another commandments in the scriptures. And this is what happened in the day of Pentecost. God didn't save only the individuals. God didn't only unite united individuals to Christ or to God uh, individually. He also brought them together in relationship to one another. Do you know, sometimes we are complaining about our families, isn't it? Brothers would say to Caesar and to brother, oh, if I had to choose, I will not be born in this family. Guess what? It was not your choice. <laughs> Did you decide the father and the mother that you would have? But because you were born in that family, you work out your relationship. And this is what happened with us, brothers and sisters. When we are born in our Lord Jesus Christ, we are born into new family. We have found brothers and sisters. And there is a very reasonable and high reason why God is doing this in our midst. Brothers and sisters, fellowship is important. I repeat, Koinonia, fellowship, 
is important. If we as elders, we are always battling to create environment where relation, meaningful relationships might be created, it's because of this word. Fellowship is important. Physical presence is important. You know, this is coming to my mind only now. But I, I say that everything in this world, even in this season that we are living, it's pushing back against relationship. This that we are doing even this morning, it's not the proper way of us communicating God's word. Physical presence is important. Don't misunderstand me. I'm very grateful for the gift of technology. But that embrace, that presence, it is important. See verse 46 they, there in, the, in, your, in your passage. And day by day they were attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. You see two kinds of fellowship in a bigger sense and in a smaller context. Gathering together is an expression of fellowship. And again, this is not negotiable. We cannot negotiate that as a church. Why am I saying this? In the era of technology, we can, we have this time that we fellowship over Zoom at our time, whenever we want. But what, what are you doing really? You are not engaging with some real people. That's why many churches, even here in Abu Dhabi, they have decided not to do anything until they are able to come together in person. And we were considering if we had done a good decision of putting all our services online. Many people, they are not any longer committed, even in the comfort of their homes, to the family assembly whenever we are coming together on Fridays. They said, it is my time, then I can watch any time I want. Please, this is not being judgmental at all. I know that there are many with valid reasons, but I know that there are many also that they do that out of laziness, <laughs> out of not commitment. Don't take me wrong on that, but we need to reinforce the values of the church in this day that we are living. We are put to that isolated fellowship. But God wants us for us to live together in fellowship. As I said, there was this big assembly in the temple, but they do that or they did that also in their homes. And they, they do that in their homes as well, smaller groups. And this is what we are encouraging 
to one another, even as we are going to summer break. If you are here in Abu Dhabi, look for opportunity to meet with people, to meet with brothers and sisters. Sisters come to Ikea, men, we had that experience to copy our sisters. We went to Ikea as well, and we had a good time as well. If you have time, get your off days when you are off on Saturdays to have time with your family, yes. But understand that your family is part of a bigger family, the family of Christ. Allow your family to participate on that bigger family. And why God is doing that? I was, my, my mind blow out when I, I, I discover while researching this. The church is a reflection of who God is, the God of the Bible. And you cannot say that the God of the Bible Oh, the God of the Bible that we worship, okay? He is a, one God, but in three persons. Our God is automatically a community where there is individuals. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Son. But they live in harmony. They live in fellowship. They live in koinonia. That's why God is asking us as New Life Church for us to reflect Him and spread the gospel to this world. This is mind-blowing. It was, at least for me. We are here to be God's hand and God's feet as we are together in fellowship. And I think this is my perception, that we as, as New Life Church in one sense, we are still resisting this truth. We are still adopting a kind of individualistic Christian's lifestyle where I and my and me and mine are speaking louder than we and ours and us and ours. That's also a reality of God's word. Yes, we all will give account individually at the end. This is true. But God will ask you an account how you relate to his body. And he does that already. Just read 1 Corinthians 11, where the Bible speaks about the Lord's Supper. And we as New Life Church, we do this in our own disadvantage and detriment, even that I can understand that there is some, some valid and legitimate reasons for many to withdraw themselves from the life of fellowship. But let's consider what God's word is telling us today. Brothers and sisters, there is only one temple. And while Pastor was reading this morning the uh, open scripture, I look at this 
uh, image here. They say that individually we are what? One block. But collectively we are being built to become this habitation of God. You cannot alone be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let me say, you, your wife, your children, many as they are, you cannot alone as a family be the habitation of God at all. You need to relate with me as well if you are a believer. Let's reconsider that, brothers and sisters. As I said, my mind blown out when I saw that because God is a community, he wants us to reflect him also as a community. And as we do that, in itself, our relationship becomes a proclamation of the gospel. Let me finish. Breaking of the bread. This talks about just uh, intentional eating together, intimacy time. Ask people to come to your place or invite them for a coffee because we are in COVID time. Eat with people. But this also is a term that people are saying uh, or scholars debate uh, about the Lord's Supper. This breaking of the bread was the expression also they used for the Lord's Supper. And we have the opportunity to do that. Unfortunately, COVID is here. We need to know how to navigate in this world, in this world now, yes, in these waters. And there is a green light, at least a tentative uh, date for us to have communion together. If you are at work, okay, but if you can come on that second, let's come together. It will be a testimony of us manifesting who God is as we come together and partake from God's word, oh, God's table, the Lord's table. Many has been spoken about prayers, but you see here the fourth characteristic or the fourth mark of this church was prayer. Meaning was worship. As I said, we should talk more about that, but many has already be, been taught on that. And I just invite you to listen to other message on that as we conclude today. So what was then the impact when these 3,100 people put in practice all these Marks, all these routines, all these habits, not alone, together, verses 43 to 47a, and all came upon them. That all is a word of reverence. Reverence to who? To what God was doing. Ultimately, to the power that was at work within them. As they implement that, God was working in and through the power of the Holy Spirit, and all came upon them. The Bible says, wonders and signs that the, the, the apostles did, and all that who believed were together, were together, were together, and had all things in fellowship, in koinonia, together, in common. 
And see, they were selling their possession and belonging and distributing the proceeds to any as any had need. And we see this clearly. Let's just go quickly to chapter 4, verse 32 and uh, to 33, just for us to see again that it was not one time, but it was a lifestyle of that church. The Bible says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. Unity, koinonia, fellowship. And no one said that anything of the things that belonged to him was of his own, but they had everything in common. Guess what is the word there? Koinonia, fellowship. And with, with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning proclamation as well. And great grace was upon them all. What that grace did, the grace that was upon them all, did something. What? Verse 34. There was not a needy person among them, and as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. I'm not saying that you need to sell your house now or your car and give to New Life Church. Not at all. But the idea that the Bible is telling us here is that in that relationship, you know what you have that you can contribute in your brother's and your sister's life. But if you are away from one another, you don't know what your brother and your sister need. And you cannot give what you have and what God gave you for you to give and contribute to the other sister, to the, your brother and to your sister. And what was the result? Verse 47b, the last part. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Brothers and sisters, we need to consider these words carefully as New Life Church. We see that these results, the result of these key marks in the life of the church were producing, excuse me, the result these key marks in the life of the church in Jerusalem were producing converts. The way they were living, by the way they were living, and by the way they were proclaiming the gospel, God, God was at work saving people. Meaning New Life Church. God also will save people and add them to His church in and through the ministry of New Life Church, as we proclaim the gospel, teaching people to observe all that Jesus has commanded us, and also as we live our lives together in true commitment to share life and things until Jesus comes again. If one day you leave New Life Church, in the new local church, that you will be plugged in, remember these words, because it applies 
to wherever you are in a family of our Lord Jesus Christ. When these marks are present in the life of the church, the church becomes a living organism. And believe me, where is life, there is growth. Where is life, there is what? Growth. Individually and collectively. Will you receive this word in your heart, New Life Church Abu Dhabi? Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this message. I know that there are always better ways of communicating your word. But it is not the ability of the person proclaiming the, the word, O oh Lord, but it is your power at work that changes people's life, Lord. And we entrust this word in the ears and the hearts of my brothers and sisters here in New Life Church and those that will listen to this message across the world. That we as a church, we will stand for the truth of the gospel as it comes in completion, not in half. Father, that we will embrace what your scripture teaches us for us to assess everything around us. And that we will embrace the fellowship of brothers and sisters. We will embrace the breaking of the bread. We will embrace the prayers together. And as we do that, Lord, add to your church. Save people, starting from our household, O oh Lord. Saving people in our workplaces. Saving people, O oh Lord, wherever they are, wherever they see our love, our fellowship for one another, communicating who you are as one God in one nature and three persons. For your name's sake and for your glory. We pray all this in our Lord Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen.